Hi, this is Lisa Hawkins, and I am excited to be with you today because the Lord is allowing me to share with you in this podcast some pieces from book two that is coming, that will be coming out soon for Christian Warrior Woman. And if you haven't read it yet, go on Amazon. I praise God that he made it a bestseller in six or seven categories, and women from all over the world have really shared with me how it's blessed their lives, and I put everything in it. You know how some authors, they try to milk it in three, four, or ten books. And I even had the pub- a publisher tell me, you're putting too much in this book. And I was like, you know what the Lord said to put all of this in this book. So you will find life experiences that you can relate to, things that you have been through, and things you're going through right now, And I share honestly how I got over it and through it and put it behind me. And I want that for you. But today, I'm going to share something exciting and something exciting that I'm actually in the middle of doing right now. So some of you, you may not be at this level yet, but you can start thinking because when we plan our life, we find success. When we don't plan our lives, we can find disappointment. So whether you're 30, 40, or 50, 60, 70, or 80, you still have time to make a plan. And so let me, let me give you a little backdrop of this. So I, might, I am glad and thank you, Lord, that this year I have cleared the nest of children. And I thank God that they are all healthy, strong, have careers, degrees, and are all headed in the right direction to bring glory to God and glory to their own lives and glory to me and my husband as their parents. But for me, I have been thinking for a couple of years, because anyone who knows me personally will know, I was counting how long it would be before my youngest one left home. So those of you who cried when your children went home, I'm sorry, maybe I'm a bad mom, but I celebrated and thought about um, what I could then do in my life. And for those of you who know my story, I was a single parent for a long time. My first husband and second husband are the same people. And we got remarried after 20 years. But in that time, I was a single mom. And for those of you who are single parents, the struggle is real, and so is God. And when I found myself as they were getting, each year I was looking at the progress, and each year I was like, I can do this. I was like that a commercial, I know I can. I was like the train, I know I can. I can do this. I can handle this. I can work and provide and home own and do all these different things and get them to all these activities. And I had three boys. So, It was successful, but as they started moving to college and out of the nest when the first two left, and then I was with the last one, I really started focusing on the areas that God was working in my heart in, but also things that I had that were interests and desires in my own heart. And I have found in talking and ministering to women, especially those who Um, have children leaving the home, whether married or single, that we can get to a point in our life, and I'm going to talk to those, especially in the 40s, that we can start believing that maybe we've messed up too much in the last 20 years, 
that the next 20 years, meaning from 40 to 60 or 70 or 80, are not going to be happy as well. Or maybe we might feel loneliness or feel like, you know, the Lord has forgotten about us. And I want you to know that that is a cycle of a lie. And I want to give you a plan and a purpose of something I want each of you to work on. And even if you're in your 20s and 30s, I would challenge you to work on this process because you may not be in the job that you like or the career you like. You maybe have taken a job until what you, or you might have something you really want to do, but maybe you're too fearful or too scared to step out and do it. And I think this exercise will help you evaluate where you are as well. And I wish that I truly wish that I had done this 30 years ago. I had a very successful corporate career, but at the heart of me, my desire was somewhere else, but my desire for money and the competitive um, nature of the business I was in kept me in a cycle that wasn't bringing me a lot of happiness. It was bringing me money, but the happiness and satisfaction part wasn't necessarily there because I was dealing with a lot of racism and sexism and sexual harassment, you name it, I dealt with it. So I want you to get your notebook and I want you to get in this quiet place and I'm going to give you an exercise that is a simple nine steps, but the first three to four are most important. And so I want you to write these down and I'm going to give you definitions so that you have no excuse for not doing this. And I have done this for my life and I am middle of training to do something different with the next 20 to 30 years of my life. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm over 50. So what is the first lie that we believe? And one of the things that I had to realize is that we do dwell on what we didn't do right. Maybe some of you, maybe you didn't get the right education, or maybe you married the wrong person, or maybe you were in drugs or alcohol, whatever that may be, it was the past. But today, if we look at what is the average life, and I'll use America, I know I've got all of you from all over the world, and and I always look at family heritage. In my family, we live longer than what the average American um, live. So I'm going to stay positive and go higher than the average American number. But in America, the average woman is stated to live to the age of 78. So that's average. Someone listening to this, you might even already be over the average, praise the Lord. So wherever you are, I want you to look at just taking that as an average of how many years you have left. So let's use 50. It's a nice round number. So if I look at 50 and the average age of a woman is 78 and my grandmother lived to 95 and had all of her senses and whatever, whatever, but we won't go there. I won't add 45. Um, But let's just say that we take, if you're 50, we take those 28 years. You know, when the Lord really had me look at, I have that I could use those 28 years or 20 years or whatever your number may be. It made me start to think of how many years I was in certain jobs and I wasn't happy. And I realized that I have the ability right now 
to do something that could make me happier than any job I had in my past. Now, I know you may find that hard to believe. I can't guarantee my health till 78. That is true. I couldn't guarantee my health at 28 or 38 either. So I can only plan, and I'm going to give you scriptures at the end so that you can meditate and focus on that. But if I really think about the time that I have left and what, if, if, if I'm just using average, what would I like to do? I personally realize that I could do something significantly more than I could do when I was younger or maybe as a single mom or maybe with children when they're your focus or your husband's your focus. I realize that I could create a very happy life because I'm saved and I have God in my life and that I can have a plan and a purpose. So I'm going to tell you where I went first. So step one, if you have your book and your pen ready, step one is I needed to evaluate three things. The first one was the question I asked myself, what are your talents, skills, or interest? So let's define each of those because we sometimes we blur talent, skills, or interests. So let's look at talents for one. And I'm going to give you kind of some things that I used to put under talents. And many of you have not even scratched a surface at probably even evaluating this. You may think you only have one talent or two talents, and you may find that you have Especially if you've lived longer, you may have had the opportunity to flush out some of your talents and skills. But I want you to, you're going to zero in in this exercise on where you're going to really head and take your future. So I evaluated under talents. What's my, what do I have aptitude in? What's a gift? What are my gifts? Um, What techniques do I know that I may be? at a high level to perform at. My abilities, what are my abilities? Sometimes some of our abilities, we don't put a value to because we think it's not valuable, but it's very valuable. I'm gonna use one that I definitely don't have, sewing. When I went to the Caribbean and saw um, my relatives be able to sew and, and do some things, I was like ready to open up a factory for them. Hey, we got to make some curtains, do some things. Example. The next one is expertise. What do you have an expertise in? And last, power. What do you do that you have power in? You may be learning to bodybuild. I'm using a physical one, but you can have a mental power too, spirit to discern. Um, and you may be just working out and thinking, you know what, I really like doing this. Well, it may not have occurred to you to start doing it and getting paid to help other people get there. So that's talents. We have aptitude, gifts, techniques, ability, expertise, and power. So start listing what are some of those, when I mention those names and those descriptions, what are some things? Do not make judgments on these things right now. Just list them all. You know, just list them down the sheet and don't try to judge them. 
Just list them for now, okay? Second question. Let's look at skills. What are some of your skill sets? So let's define what skills. Your ability to do something well. That's a skill. Does not mean you have to be the best in the world at it. It doesn't mean you're not as good as so-and-so. What I'm asking you to do here is to list the skills that you have the ability to do something well. And again, no judgment, make the list. And thirdly, interest, your personal interest. So what does interest mean for this particular list? The state of wanting to know or learn about something, someone, or maybe take lessons or pay to learn. This could be even going back to school to pursue an interest. So in interest, you don't know possibly that you do this well or you can be an expert in it or you have aptitude in it. What you do know is you have an interest. And when you have an interest, guess what you need to do? You need to investigate. Why should you investigate? Because you shouldn't blow off. Some of you have had interest for the, since you were a teenager or interest for the last 20, 30 years, but you've allowed life circumstances, fear, anxiety, you name it, to keep you from really looking into the details of accomplishing something in your interest. And I'm going to give you one as an example. Um, the first thing I did when my first two sons um, went off to college, my sons had to call me to see how I was doing because I wasn't calling them every day at college. I had always wanted to do ballroom dancing. And I didn't have a partner. My ex-husband, he had no interest in it. And it wasn't exactly something that guys jump to want to do. And if they do, they have a kind of a different idea of, of where it's going to lead. Do I need to go further? So anyway, I called one day and I share in the book kind of how I got to this place. But the bottom line was I wound up making a phone call and I learned I didn't have to have a partner. And I started ballroom dancing. I fell in love with ballroom dancing as a single woman it filled such a huge gap of emotions and, and passion that I had in my life to release. And ballroom dancing did it. I wound up competing in competition. Hey, it's Lisa Hawkins. I am back. I apologize that I had to stop the recording one and put it into a two-parter. I got disrupted and definitely did not want to re-record the whole first part again. But I do recall where I left off. So where we are is, I'm going to go over it real quickly and then get to um, step four. We went over aptitude, we went over the talents that include aptitude, gifts, techniques, ability, expertise, and power. We then went to skills, defining the ability to do something well. We then went to the third, which was interest, the state of wanting to know or to learn about something or someone or maybe pay to learn, whether it's a certification or education. And that's where 
we somewhat got interrupted and I was sharing my personal experiences of moving forward in this area. So, and I believe I was sharing um, about ballroom dancing and it led to me competing multiple times, winning over 20 something certificates or awards in ballroom. I'm not saying it was cheap, but it brought me such joy and such passion and it filled such a gap in my life that even the Lord, I experienced him in ballroom dancing. And I learned about myself and I learned about relationships. And that was an interest, not something I knew that I could do well, but it was always something I wanted to do. So I jumped in with both feet and there were a whole lot of younger people, better in shape, better looking, whatever, longer hair to fling, whatever you want to call it. But it, it fulfilled my own personal joy. And to this day, there is nothing that compares to the joy that ballroom bought. And I'll have, to, I'll, I'll have to talk about that on another podcast. But in any case, so we're at step four. Okay, so you've got your notebook. And, and if you're just tuning into part two, you really got to go to part one, because you'll be you would have missed um, the steps of what you need to do. So the we're going to part four. So part four is now you've listed your talent, skills and interest. But now it's time to do research. Research on understanding um, once you've, because once you've gotten your uh, talent, skills, and interest, I want you, before we get to step four, I want you to start circling some commonality that you see between your talents and your skills and your interest. I want, and some of them you might even say, hmm, I can probably combine those. But I want you to now just focus on the ones you've circled, where you notice I listed this in talent. It's this relates to this skill. But does it relate to your interest? Because I have the talent of cooking, but I have no interest in being a chef, a chef. <laughs> I, I like cleaning my kitchen. I have no interest in cleaning someone else's house. So you see my point. So make sure that your talent, the skill and there is an interest so if you notice that the talents and skills that you don't have an interest, that'll help you weed out those that don't flow with your interest. So now you have your list narrowed down. And this is where the research begins. And I'm going to tell you about a best friend that I can introduce you to who will be just as great to you as he has been or she has been to me. And that name is Google. <laughs> you can research between Google and social media and websites. You can research and understand from is your talent, skill and interest something that is there's a statistic for a need for it. You can look to see if there's a shortage of people able to do it. You can research if other people are doing um one of your talents or skills very successfully. So this is your time to do your research with your best friend. And I call the best friend Google, your online search, 
um, your web, you could check websites, you can look at Facebook um, groups, private groups, closed groups, whatever groups they have on there, Instagram, um, and some of those other ones, Pinterest, etc. You can ask and contact those maybe even doing it, asking their advice, asking um, some of the questions you may have about your ability of doing it. For example, maybe it's something that you feel mm, based on age, maybe this isn't something that I can do. And you may find, for example, computer programming may not have an age limit of people hiring. It's based on the skill set or whatever it may be. But this is your time to list out all of the things that you think will hinder you from doing um, what you believe your interests and skills and talents is your desire. List all the things hindering you. And I want you to research to find out if it's factually true. And can certain things be a hindrance? But I don't know about you. I've never gotten anything without fighting or working for it. So why would you allow it to stop you now? And if you want to use age, well, let's look at what's going to be the the age group in the future. Hmm, baby boomers. So people older with having great skills is going to be something needed, not something avoided. Okay, so all of those things you might say, well, oh, I'm too, I'm 40 something. I, I don't, I probably am not smart enough or won't be able to keep up with young people in school. As they say, that's hogwash. Keep the train moving forward. Keep this energy positive. So after you do your research, also research what it would cost or what investment you would have to make to get to the skill set or to start this. It could be starting your own business. What monies would you need? If Would you need a loan? Would you need to work on your credit? What are the things you would need to put in place to based on your research? So those are all in your questions. So you have your talents, your skills, your interest, and you should have questions. Because when you go to do your research, you have to list your questions of what you need to answer. What do they get paid if I do this? What's the average salary? What's the, the growth potential in this career? Which you can Google that. You can look up and, and look at by 2026 or 2030, where will this area of expertise, if you want to be a psychologist, will there be a need for a psychologist in 2030? Or will there be a shortage? Will there be a surplus or an attorney, whatever it may be? Okay. After you do your research, this is your time to pray. I'm not assuming that in all this time you're not praying. Because to be quite honest, praying can help reveal your talents. I would tell you the things that I've done as far as businesses that I've owned, God really revealed those things to me in prayer. And literally things that I thought were, oh, that's not a big deal, um, made me a lot of money because the Lord revealed it. And it wasn't even sometimes something I had an interest in, but it was something the Lord knew I needed to do then to create the income and for what I was going to be doing for him. So don't assume. Some of you may say, well, gosh, Lisa, I couldn't, didn't come up with a whole lot. Well, then here's your time to pray and to seek the Lord in your prayer closet. And 
I pray for the Lord to reveal your giftings because certain giftings, when we talk about spiritual giftings, you may get activated or you may be unaware how that can turn into you doing something for the Lord or the kingdom or others where you can get paid. Okay, so you're praying. And step number six is you're evaluating your talents, skills, interest, and you're narrowing down your choices to number one or number two. And maybe for you, it's your number one choice because you're going to have to get to number one anyway, but you might have two things or three things and you've got to really narrow them. And that's where the research is going to help. You know, you may have, I'm just going to use as an example, you may want to be a surgeon, but you're in your 50s. And by the time you look at all the education you'll have to go through, the rotations, the clinicals, you may realize by the time I'm practicing, I'll be 70. So even though that might be a choice, is that the wise way to go? And is that the wise way to go in debt? So evaluate all of those things. But don't let it limit you. It may be that you want to buy a home and you want to get yourself financially straight to own a home. So your steps are maybe researching the best way to save based on your circumstances, maybe getting a financial advisor, whatever that may be, you take the steps. Okay. step seven, you're going to pray. And part of step seven because you know that's the Lord's favorite number, you're going to step out on faith. You're going to take your first step to doing something that applies to your talent, skills, and interest. You are going to begin, whether that's signing up for a certification, whether that's signing up for a class, whether that's seeking employment in this area, seeking a mentor in this program, finding a financial counselor, or take whatever it may be. You're going to take that step in step seven. So in step eight, we're going to come back to you evaluating. You've stepped out on faith. And in step eight, remember, you're always evaluating. You're always researching. You're always contacting. In step eight, I want you to find people in those fields or find a Facebook group or find someone that can give you coaching. And this isn't something you have to pay for. You can find Facebook groups where people are on there that have the same interest and you start communicating. I always tell people, if you're interested in something, then you should be communicating with people who are doing it and doing it well. And start building a network of people around you, we're not selling anything, but around you who have knowledge to help you get to your next step. Okay, so that's step eight. And step nine is you're going to pray again, but you're going to build a timeline that will get you to your second act. Or maybe for you, this might be your third act or your fourth act or your fifth act. But what I want you to focus on What's the average life of a woman and what's the time you have left and what are you going to do in that time? So if the average time is 78 and you're 68, then I think you better get cracking. 
That doesn't mean you might you might live to 90 because maybe if you're doing something you're, you're happy, that you're passionate about, that you have an interest in and that you've got God as a part of it, you might live longer, stay healthier longer versus working in a job that's got you tired, overworked, frustrated, stressed and upset. You won't live long in that job. So maybe this is God's word to you that it is time for your second act or your third act or your fourth act. But what I desire and what I pray for you, and I know what you want for yourself is happiness, joy, and passion. And let's be for real. When we're happy doing something, we're going to be prosperous. And I don't know about you, but every woman that I talk to, whether married or single, could use more money, more happiness, and more of God in their lives. So I want you to use these nine steps. And I'm sure as you can see, even if you are 20, you need to evaluate if you're on the right path so that at 50, you're not looking back to start a second act, but you started your first act on the right foot. Does that make sense? Because I would have, I wish someone would have started me first act. And I, I truly would, had a lot of joy and happiness in my first act. But I knew that there was a turning point when I should have shifted my career and my life. And I didn't because I didn't want to start over. I didn't want to lose salary and income when I was a single mom. And if I, what I should have done instead of allowing others to frustrate me was to start working on my second act so that then I could have told that first act to hit the road and I could have moved in to the second act that I would have been so much more happy and I probably could have been a better parent, a better everything all around and probably been in better health. Does that make sense for you? So I want to end today with three scriptures that I think will be encouraging and bring you joy. And I want you to use these scriptures for yourself as you're praying for the Lord to reveal and for you to allow yourself. And I want you to say to yourself that I am going to allow myself to be successful, happy, passionate in whatever the years I have left. I want you to be focused on that. These are not the years, whether you're 20 or 40, to let anybody steal your joy, your interest, your skills, or your time. We don't have time to waste. The Lord may come before we even accomplish this, but he's going to find us busy exposing and releasing the talents that he has put within us. I want him to find me with my oil lamp, full. Okay. So the first one is Philippians 1, 6. And I'm going to read those and I want you to read them as well. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And that's what I was just talking about. Let the Lord find you busy about his business until he returns. The next one is Romans 15 and 13, and I am scrolling to it right now. And it says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace 
as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to tell you in some of these things, you're not going to choose what may be easy. You may have skills, talents and interests and you may they may be struggles. None of these are things that I'm saying is going to be snap your finger and it's going to happen. You have the talents and the skills to overcome and to obtain this thing, right? So we need to be trusting in God through it. I'm doing something right now and I'm taking classes and it's hard and it's difficult, but I know what I'm working toward is what God has for me. And that's what you have to think about. Nothing that you are going to be proud of that's going to bring prosperity is not going to come with some challenges. But you have to hold on to this scripture, that peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with that hope by the power, the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome whatever challenge you may reach. Okay. another word that I will share with you that we will look at is in Proverbs. And let me get there. Proverbs 3, and I believe it's 5 through 6, is where I'm going to get you. So Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. So many times people tell me what they think they can do. The, this list of what I'm talking about, these talents and the skills and these interests is a little bit to do with what you believe. But it has a whole lot to do with you trusting in the Lord for you to accomplish. So remember Lean not on your own understanding about how you're going to afford it, um, how you're going to be successful at it, how much you'll make at it. No, what I want you to do is that's why we have prayer is such an integral part of this. You're leaning on God. You're trusting in God. You're putting your faith in God. And I promise you that you will find your second act, third act or maybe your fourth act. But most of all, you're going to find your passion, your love, your interest, and you're going to find your life and identity because you're going after what God has put in you and what he's going to add to you. And that is my hope. And that is my prayer, my friend, that you find your real passion. So start today. Today, is the day the Lord has made for you to begin again. So renew that mind, reboot your spirit, and activate the Holy Spirit, because it is your time. Whether your children have left home or not, it is your time to begin the journey of researching what you're going to do with the balance of your life. Be blessed, and I look forward to your comments and sharing the mighty works that God is going to do in your life. Amen. Hey.
Hey, it's Lisa Hawkins. I wanted to give a quick shout out for a tip in regards to yesterday's um, podcast about the second act, the the nine steps that you're working on. And I want to talk about step nine, just real as a quick reminder to you. Number one, I, I truly want you for some of you to just pray. I know sometimes things seem difficult and it's hard to even focus. So you may want to start with just praying for the Lord to allow you to see yourself in a better situation, in a different place, under different circumstances. And I and I know we're all in different places, different seasons and walks in our lives, but there is nothing like having a visualization of what God can have for you in your future. And so if you feel overwhelmed or you feel like I wouldn't know where to start, I would start with your step one as being in prayer, in prayer for God to give you the eyes, the ears to hear and the vision to walk out what he puts in front of you. A second tip would be when you look at step nine and I talk about the timeline, developing a timeline. I don't want you to feel stressed that the timeline means that you have to accomplish the goal in six months or a month or etc. Remember, your timeline lays out your plan of achieving it. For example, maybe you filed bankruptcy a year ago and your Um, goal is that you want to rebuild your credit and you want to buy a home. Well, obviously, that takes time. So your timeline would start to lay out what are the things you can do to build your credit. Maybe it's opening a Sears card or a Kohl's card and making sure that's paid on time. Maybe it's looking at getting a car because Having a, another larger purchase could would start building your credit sooner versus later. But maybe if you want to get a car, you want to save for a down payment. So think of the timeline, depending on what you're working on. Don't look at the timeline as something that has to happen by the end of the year. Or you might be looking at a timeline, it might take you two or three years to buy that house because maybe in your timeline, saving your bonuses from work, um, really laying out a financial plan for your family to save, those things take time. It doesn't steal the excitement. It doesn't steal as you see your savings growing, that you know that when you don't choose to eat out instead of cook, that what you're doing it for. So when we think of a timeline and we live in a world where everything wants to be microwaved and, and done by tomorrow, really look at the timeline that is realistic, meaning If yours is weight loss, don't say by the end of the year, I'm going to lose 60 pounds and I'm going to be a size two or whatever that might be. That's not realistic. Maybe you want to start your timeline with making healthy choices for your diet and not make it about weight, but make it about what you're going to do with your diet. That's more 
something you can embrace right away and something you don't have to be living counting and looking at a scale and stressing yourself because as we know as women our bodies can fluctuate even when we're doing the right things so think of when you're working on your timeline to make it overly realistic it's better to overachieve and beat your timeline than to make your timeline so tight that you realize you're disappointed you're not on time and guess what will happen you will lose your momentum, you will lose your interest, you'll get disappointed, and you'll go back to bashing yourself. So I want you give yourself extra time if you need to. If it's going back for your degree, let's not put that we're going to get a four-year degree in two years. <laughs> Make sure it's realistic because the, the bottom line to all of this is you actually achieving it is actually you setting a goal that you can achieve. If you've had health issues, maybe walking a half a mile is something that might take you a while to do. Whether you may have given up smoking or have lung issues, there's all kinds of timelines. So don't get caught up in the, I'm going to pray and I'm going to snap my fingers and click my heels and what I wish is going to happen. But set a plan that's realistic. Maybe it's walking and getting in better health. You start out walking one block, two blocks, three blocks. Set your timeline. But give yourself grace. We beat up ourselves and we feel like we're so far behind everybody, which is a lie from the enemy, and we are not. We are exactly where God knew we were going to be in this very moment. The person that you are fighting with the most is you. The person you're fighting with is the enemy telling you that you failed and you're behind and you'll never be able to do this. So I want you to recognize this isn't God talking to you, but this is you allowing the enemy to manipulate and to keep you focused on your past. And I want you to be encouraged and inspired to be focused on what you need to accomplish each day. And guess what? There are going to be some days that you fail. You may fall on your face. You may cheat. You may do other things or you may talk inappropriately, whatever it may be. But guess what? The world is not lost. Your future is not lost. You are human. So there is no perfect days going forward because you made a decision to change. But know in that decision to change that you're also accepting that I'm flawed, I'll have mistakes, I'll have bad days, but I shall rise again and I shall encourage myself to move forward. That is the key. Not that we're not going to fall down, not that we're going to be overwhelmed, not that we may not be feel stressed or our bills or whatever may have us over the deep end, but that we can bring ourselves back, take a deep breath and say, this is part of my journey. God is with me. God is for me. And he has a plan and purpose for me. And I am moving forward with a sound mind, a sound body, and a great future. 
we have to do the self-talk. We have to self-talk on good days and days of struggle. And I promise you, and I want you to hear this, hear this, hear this. Days of struggle are going to come. That's part of life. Remember, if we're trying to move forward, balance in our life is struggle and greatness. Struggle and greatness. So just remember that when you have rough days, I have greatness, right? What's the greatness in your life? Remind yourself of the greatness. I have God on my side. I have God that's given me a plan and a purpose to move forward. And it's keeping your life in balance is most important. So I want you to really embrace the nine steps, but I wanted to make sure that you don't take the last step lightly and or try to be overly aggressive in setting your timeline but give yourself extra time so that you can know and imagine how good you feel to know you're ahead of schedule because ahead of schedule gets you to your desired result faster. So let's make common sense and let's make, let's determine and have smart objectives, right? Specific, measurable, right? We want to make sure that we're measuring real results and not dreams and not someone else's results. Someone else may have lost weight in two months, but that's not you. So I want you to be focused on whether it's that next job. You may not get that next great job in three, four months. You might, but someone else, it might be a year and a half, but it doesn't stop the journey of you preparing yourself for greatness and great things. We have to always live open for great days, great opportunities, and know that struggle and strife is part of it, but that we're overcomers. So you be blessed and have a great day. Be inspired, be encouraged, and guess what? Meet someone new and introduce yourself to them today. They might need someone to give them an encouraging word. So smile often and much. God bless.